0: Welcome to a few things where we give our greatest discoveries the podcast they deserve. I'm Claire Maser and I'm Erica Cerullo. This show is brought to you by Ofakind. Find out more and sign up for our newsletter at ofakind.com. And while you're there, grab a copy of our book Workwife. It's chock full of conversations with amazing female business owners. Oh my gosh, it truly is. You can also leave us a voicemail. Do
1: that eight three three of a kind. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Ask a question that we just haven't, you know, addressed on the podcast that you've been dying to Express know. Express concerns. Make, make recommendations for things we should try. We're always looking for ten things submissions. So you know. <laughs> If you have any freebies for us,
0: oh my just gosh. drop us a line eight three three of a kind. Um, something we like almost as much as listener voicemails. Um, every all the new professional enthusiast stuff coming oh to the site right now. Our like art.
1: And buying team really uh, just got on the P.E. this year. Oh, my gosh. Um, Hit it out of the park. So we have this brand new rollout of
0: new hat colors, new T-shirts, a boat bag. We've got other things up our sleeves. Things are even more more coming soon, more T.K. Oh, my God. Because
1: we love it so much and because we feel like our podcast audience is actually like they are the ultimate professional enthusiasts. Truly. We are giving 10% off with the code A Few Things for the entire P.E.
0: collection. The whole right array. The yeah, whole go array. grab a
1: hat for you and your friend.
0: Um, so you and I mm-hmm. are huge consumers. I think we're in the like 1% of consumers oh. of… Pau de queijo. Of Pau de queijo, who at yeah. least don't live in Brazil. I think that's true. We eat more Pau de queijo than most people. Than like almost sure. anyone who doesn't live in Brazil.
1: I think that's true. Yeah. Um, and it, this started with u-buns, which we've talked about
0: before, it, or it, like really took yeah, off. Yeah, it, took, and, yes, yes, it the, really took yeah. hold because we've I we liked yeah. this before. Yes, we and did, it, but they I mean, were not accessible. Find. Yeah. Yes, but now if you, as long as you're willing to pay an exorbitant amount of money, what is it? It's like eleven dollars a bag. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like nine to eleven. Yeah, I can't remember. I think it's eleven. It's depressing. <laughs> um, for these little frozen Brazilian cheese ball yeah. things, it, um, they have a. Let's really get into it.
1: Yeah. They have— Let's, What's really special is that they're cheesy, but they have this, like, chewy texture to
0: them that's a little bit gummy, but in a
1: satisfying way. Well, because they're—so
0: they're made of either cassava or tapioca flour, mm-hmm. your preference, whatever you choose. Yeah. Um, U-buns are made of cassava flour. I think yeah. that's right. Um, and so they're naturally gluten-free, which mm-hmm. is, like, part of why they're having a moment. Yes. Um, because and- gluten is not. <laughs> Gluten is not. (laughs) It's not. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then they have mozzarella or farmer's cheese and a little bit of parm in them. But Mm -hmm. they're like, yeah, they're like have a hard shell. They're like hard on the outside. Well, the thing And squishy on the inside.
1: And the thing that I like so much about U-Buns is that they're frozen, but they— cook really quickly. And it's like a frozen cookie dough or something. There's nothing to do. You know what it's like? Hmm. It's like in
0: Clueless yes. when she's like, you should always have something baking and just yeah. shoves the like thing, the in, entire, the entire cookie, cookie log, log yeah. in the oven. It's kind of like that moment because they're already pre-rolled. Well, All you do is throw that, them down. Except that
1: U-buns are even better because they're like the Nestle Tollhouse version that's not a log that just exactly. comes in a Ziploc bag exactly. and they're, they're already cut for you. No, it's wonderful. So when I... Almost every nine times out of ten, we have people over. I serve this because it really makes it seem like I really you up my cheese plate. Yeah. You
0: know, I. I'm not much for baking in my toaster oven. Mm-hmm. Um, and our friends, Lauren and Dan are. They're really yeah, good at it. Will they cook like make a fish. Whole meal. They do like, like a whole do Thanksgiving in yeah, their toaster 100, 100%, oven. 100%. Yeah. And I wish that I could, but the one thing that I do bake in my toaster oven, you buns. Oh, smart. Yeah. Very smart. Because you just, you know, yeah. you can watch them like puffing up in there. It's yeah. quite darling. Um just <laughs> darling.
1: So, but it seems um, based on our own personal experience puttering around New York that they're. They're blowing up. They're blowing up. And now it's you don't even have to Google how to pronounce it because we're all just going to start referring to them as PDQ. So
0: are, there are some very good um, pao de queijo available to you at Brigadero Bakery, which mm-hmm. is like I always like grab them and sit on the bench outside and eat a pack of three or like and whatever. That's in Soho. That's in Soho. They're
1: mostly known for their Brigaderos, which is a whole other oh, podcast my God. episode. It's really um, delicious, des-
0: sweet dessert. We have two favorite Brazilian yeah. foods. Wow. Both gluten-free. Both gluten-free. But… We stumbled into a little coffee shop situation called Cafe Patoro in uh, South Street Seaport last week. That place is blowing out the PDQ.
1: Yeah. Oh, they, well, they are who came up with the term PDQ. Yeah.
0: Or, or at least the first time we've seen yeah. it. They, yeah. They've
1: really coined it.
0: Um, so they have the original flavor. Yeah. Which is the best, yeah, to be Yeah, for sure. But then they also have jalapeno, black mm-hmm. olive, pepperoni, like etc. etc. Oh my god! We sampled the jalapeno and the black olive, and, and the what original. was your take?
1: I liked the original the best. The Same. jalapeno was really spicy. It was surprisingly spicy. As an American, I'm used to my jalapeno being um, sort of devoid of all the spice. Yeah, just
0: it, it mild at its like high, at its highest heat. Yes, that's yeah. right.
1: Um, and, you know, the black olive was nice to mix it up with salty. I liked the black olive. Yeah. yeah it, it was, was It was salty. I was really impressed. They had PDQ chips, which we didn't sample. Which and are,
0: like, basically look like bagel chips, yeah, more or exactly. less. Yeah, exactly. That's right. The thing that, like, really blew our mm-hmm. minds, mini PDQ sandwiches. Yes. Um, Which, to be clear, a PDQ is already really tiny. So it's, like, what is it the size of? It's, a like, goal. half ball. Yeah. It's, like, halfway yeah. between, like, a dinner roll and, like, um a cheese ball. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, it is the same size as a gougere. Totally. It's yeah. the same size as the couche. It's just the other, it's the Brazilian version That's right, couchier. that's right, yeah. that's right. But the idea of slicing these mm-hmm. in half and like filling them with something mm-hmm. is like both, was both revelatory and, revelatory and like a darling thought, just like And darling. slightly ridiculous. Fully ridiculous, yeah. but
1: so dang cute. Well, and I think what it's really going to do is um, it's going to open up our minds to the possibilities next time we're sitting around at Scandal Club, which is often where we have yeah. y-
0: did PDQ K- PDQs sessions. and a
1: lot of like prosciutto yeah. and cheese and stuff and I yeah. and I think it had already come naturally to us to sort of start stuffing the PDQs with whatever snack or dipping or, the PDQs yeah, in things it. Yeah. yeah but I think now we might start thinking about it differently and see this as an opportunity to really stuff them and and create a true sandwich
0: 100% oh my gosh um, with the little cute little cute like toothpicks I mean this oh my is gosh. just Yes. Yeah. ripe for cocktail in- innovation. Mm-hmm. innovation yeah I um I highly suggest you guys get in on this. So if you aren't in... New York or in a place that's sort of run amok with PDQs uh, Bon Appetit has a very good looking recipe online that like does not look hard at all so I think we need to try that thing
1: and if that seems too hard there's also this website buziosnyc.com which is like a grocer here in, in a Brazilian New Brazilian City grocer, yeah. but they will also ship you um, the frozen ones not specifically or mix, U-Buns or yeah mix. they have a mix but they have they're like a Brazilian delicacy grocer so you can check them out online should we bring our guest on let's do it So Cam has been really into this toy uh, that is basically, it's like hanging veggies. They hang from this pole and they're all crocheted. Um, And his favorite one, Far and Away, is the mushroom. My God,
0: they're all so chic, but
1: that mushroom is especially (laughs) adorable. I feel like he's really on trend by grabbing for the mushroom because everybody's into mushrooms now. It's the wellness thing, which is why we are very grateful that for Sigmatic the wellness mushroom company. The wellness mushroom company. Is that what their tagline should be, do you think? You're welcome, Four Sigmatic. <laughs> I rebranded your company. It took in no time at all. Um, yeah, so, they're sponsoring our, our this episode today. And we we are. are and we are grateful. so grateful
0: for yeah. it. So for Sigmatic is a natural superfood company that specializes in mushroom-based drinks that benefit your immunity, energy, and longevity. Are those not three things you want or what? Oh, I am I'm definitely You're always in the market for those three things. <laughs> right now we're really excited about their mushroom coffee with lion's mane. I had some the other day. It, it, like at a time of day when I typically do not drink coffee cuz mm-hmm. I'm like no, this is going to keep me up or yep. like I'm like I'm going to get all chittery. wired. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like it's not that level. It's like more like drinking a matcha or like mm-hmm. like a, like a, good, a stronger a tea high. or something. It's a smoother high. Yeah, yeah this sounds really <laughs> West Coast vibes yep. of you. Um so the interesting thing about this coffee is that Lion's Mane mushrooms have actually long been used by Buddhist monks to help with focus during meditation, and it can help promote productivity and focus. I'm so into all of these things. All of these things. It's made with 100% organic Arabica coffee beans, and a cup of this blend tastes exactly like your classic morning coffee, a.k.a. not at all like mushrooms. To get 15% off your next order, go to foursigmatic.com slash a few things and use the code a few things. That's 15% off at foursigmatic.com slash a few things with the code a few things. Give it a shot. We want to hear what you think. Write into a few things at with your take. Or leave us a voicemail. Oh my gosh. Great. Um, we are here with Heather Anderson who owns my very favorite Pilates studio, New York. Pilates or I should say group of studios because there are three in Manhattan and two in the Hamptons they just opened the Southampton location she opened her first in 2013 and oh my god it's just they're just so amazing and I feel like I've talked about in this podcast a million times but now we actually have Heather with us hey Heather hi so happy to be here um we are thrilled to have you um to start can you talk us a little bit about how you got into Pilates originally how this became your thing
2: Yeah. So I started doing Pilates um, actually as a teenager, as cross training. Um, I grew up as a dancer and that was just a normal thing that you did, particularly if you were into ballet. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't really actually realize that it was not mainstream until after I grew up a little bit and I actually became a Pilates instructor so in my early 20s, and I remember just talking to my friends about it and people were always like, how is yoga? I'd be like, no, no, it's flabby. <laughs> it's different. And people were like, what, what is that? <laughs> so I didn't actually realize that no one knew what it was in you know, the like, kind of early 2000s, late 2000s.
1: I feel like Um, back then, the only time I would ever hear about it was when you'd read a celebrity profile, and they'd be like, it completely changed my
0: life, and I got five inches taller. Um, And I would be like, what is this magic? (laughs) And do they only make it in LA? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. So funny. And, you know, the other
2: thing that was really interesting about that is as an instructor for the first half of my career, I only taught privately because that's really – how it was done. That's how it was available. Mm -hmm. And that was another reason why I realized like my peers didn't know what I was doing because they were priced out. Right. Yeah. And just like accessibility wise, no twenty two year old, I mean very few twenty two year olds who aren't like pursuing some sort of like professional pursuit like dance or possibly acting would have the thought to go and take private Pilates sessions, you know? So That was actually a really big thing for me in opening the studio is that um, I just couldn't wrap my head around why you couldn't take an awesome Pilates class um, with the kind of quality that I expected and have it be available in the same way that a yoga class was available. And that was just, that was like a really big piece of our sort of founding concept in doing reformer classes and having them available all day, every day.
1: And tell us about the, the difference between like a reformer Pilates class and a mat Pilates class, because I think probably a lot of people have taken Pilates class, but never been on a reformer.
2: Totally. The reformer is, it's the Pilates machine. I mean, there are multiple Pilates machines, but I, it's my preference. It's to me the coolest. <laughs> and it works via, um, resistance strength. It's resist, resistance strength training. So it has resistance of different levels that you can change and then it's on a like a bed essentially the carriage glides back and forth so it has this really fun movement to the equipment that feels sort of like you're gliding and um yeah it's cool because it can in some instances creates resistance and in some situations it assists you so it helps you develop the strength to get into an exercise, and then you can change the resistance later to make it harder.
0: I guess to back up for just a second too, can you give us the sort of like brief history of Pilates and, and what it is? What distinguishes it from something like yoga that your friends at 22 might've been more familiar with?
2: Yeah, I'll give you like the briefest nutshell. So Pilates
0: was developed by um, a guy called Joseph Pilates. Joseph Pilates, originally sort of envisioned as Pilates.
2: Well, we have made a lot of advances sort of generally across every facet of life over the last, you know, 60 years, right? So, and I would say that that has really impacted exercise as well. We know so much more about how our joints move, how our muscles work, so, and because the initial interest in Pilates was very technical, right? A lot of dancers were interested in it because of of how it affected their body, so a lot of technical interest, right so these same people through the years have really looked at research and what's happening in um, physical science so Because of that, that's really influenced how we um, design the exercises, how we put them together, the nuance of like how you're using your like where your pelvis is in space, how you're using your joints. And what we've done at New York Pilates is we've taken all of that kind of technical perspective and we've built it into actual fitness workouts and not just therapeutic workouts.
1: So how do you go about deciding to start a fitness business that is not just a private training business? Like, what did that look like for you?
2: Well, I would say it was really kind of a harebrained idea. (laughs) Like, I think most people who start businesses are like, I'm going to do a thing, right? And um, I had been teaching for a long time, and I really got it in my mind that I wanted to open a studio because I had what I thought was a unique perspective on what I wanted the atmosphere to be like, the, um, the, the customers I wanted to serve. In particular, I saw a lot of older clients generally mm. through the first half of my career. And I really wanted to bring in my peers, bring in younger people and make something that I felt was cool and, um, you know, relevant. So those were all kind of thoughts in my mind. And then combining that with classes particularly because that was how I wanted to experience it. I wanted it to be a workout, not just um, like a therapeutic session, right? right? And so I put all this together. And is that something
1: that that is a distinction within the Pilates community? Like are there certain Pilates classes that feel like more like they take the form of physical therapy versus a workout? A hundred percent. Okay. That's
2: interesting. A lot of what you'll find in the industry is going to be more therapeutic. Um, and then the other side of that is like the, um, the mega former LaGree mm-hmm. camp,
0: yeah, which yeah.
2: has taken some of the Pilates ideas um, in just in terms of the type of equipment, but lost, a lot of the nuance of um, designing the exercises for how your body actually functions.
1: So you lose some of the form and the technique.
2: Yeah, exactly. So like really focusing on excellent technique, really good placement so that you're being very directed with the movement. So you get and you get a much bigger impact that way. Um, And And I I think we fit somewhere kind of in between the two. We're absolutely Pilates, but we are, Pilates as a workout instead of Pilates as um, therapy.
1: I think that's something that's really helpful for someone like me to know who I'm a runner and I definitely like a cardio addict. And so I like Pilates, but I have taken classes from so many different places. And sometimes I just leave feeling like, I don't know, it wasn't enough of a workout for me. I couldn't do that multiple times a week. Um, and knowing that that's sort of something that I can look for in a workout and sit, like, sort of understand about a specific Pilates studio is really helpful for me.
2: Yeah. And I think that that is, um, that's definitely our differentiator in the market.
0: Um, when you think about Pilates as, as therapy, what sort of physical issues would be benefited by Pilates specifically?
2: Um, I always joke that, um, men don't really generally enter our demographic until they're over 33 or have a a disc herniation, a Hmm. spinal disc Hmm. herniation, which is like, I, I have, I, I used to kind of say this in a cheeky way, but actually the longer I've been in the industry, the more just spot on that is. Um, and that's a really common one spinal disc injuries, um, people who have um, knee pain, shoulder pain, those types of things. And the reason that they start doing Pilates is because they'll have been doing something that's high impact without a lot of training about um, good technique in their body and injure themselves or for low back injuries specifically, that can happen from just sitting at your desk and not exercising um, for a long period of time. And then they'll go to a doctor who will say, Oh, you have a disc injury or you have this or that. Eventually they'll make their way to a physical therapist who will give them treatments for, you know, four to six weeks and then say, go to Pilates. Mm -hmm. Um, and because so many of the exercises are parallel to physical therapy and the way you improve from physical therapy is actually doing your exercises, but they're really boring. So no one does them. So
0: <laughs> right, 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 right.
2: There's this kind of loop. So, and that's been interesting for us because we really wanted to create bloodies as a workout, but we get sent tons of people who are injured who can't do things. So the way we've managed this is we have um, a different class level. So we mm-hmm. have a class level that is slower, um, that is um set up for modifications. And then our other classes are faster paced and um, really
1: designed for post-injury like strength training. I'm so excited about today's sponsor. Thank you to Thrive Market for sponsoring this episode of A Few Things. Thank you also to Thrive Market for including wine on your marketplace.
0: This is so wonderful. So in the beginning when Thrive Market launched, it was a lot of like pantry staples, yep. but they have really blown out their offering. It's sort of crazy. They do wine, they do frozen fish and meat. They like do all this stuff. And you can trust that it's like thoughtful and good yep. for you and sourced in the, in a good way. And of all of the things that are really not fun to carry
1: home from oh. the grocery
0: <laughs> living in New York, wine is a big one. Wine is at the top so of the list. Why not get it shipped via Thrive Market? So if you don't already know, Thrive Market is an online marketplace on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable to everyone. They offer the highest quality, healthy, and sustainable products available for every budget, lifestyle, and geography. Join Thrive and unlock endless savings. You can shop for thousands of the best-selling organic foods and natural products at 25 to 50% off traditional retail prices. They have non-GMO foods, snacks, vitamins, supplements, personal care products, eco-friendly cleaning supplies, safe and non-toxic beauty products, kitchen staples, home goods, baby food, kids' products. It goes on and on and on. You have got to believe us. Thrive Market's prices are already 25 to 50% off, and now they're giving you an extra 25% off your first order plus a free 30-day trial. If you're making a grocery run this week, why not give Thrive Market a shot instead, huh? Shop thrivemarket.com slash a few things. That's thrivemarket.com slash a few things for an extra 25% off your first order plus a free 30-day trial. It's so fascinating what you were just saying about the like criteria for men. I was just telling Claire yesterday that one of my husband's best friends is obsessed with Pilates and he gets a private every week he lives in San Antonio and I'm visiting him in a month and he's like, "Do you want to do you want to go see my Pilates instructor like while you're here? He's obsessed <laughs> it. with it." And I think he legit started doing Pilates when he was 33 and and like it has changed his life. It has changed his sleep like he, He's so obsessed. Um, it's truly so amazing. Yeah. Well, in
1: general, men well, just don't tend to engage with slower, like more form-focused uh, exercise. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. I would say, and I actually would say that's not exclusive to m- just men. That yeah. is like a place we see it a lot. I think women are more socialized mm-hmm. to, to do something like Pilates or yoga. But I see that with women a lot as well, particularly um, in – our twenties, if we are, um, very high energy and are very satisfied by, um, the burn of running for a long time, or doing high impact things, or when you slow it down and do something meditative, um, that actually has a lot of impact on your body, but doesn't have as much like sensation, right? You don't. Mm-hmm feel it as much in that moment, or it doesn't feel like painful, it isn't, you know, it's harder to accept that that is having a positive result for, I think a similar reason is we have menthol in our toothpaste, you know, <laughs> or like something.
1: <laughs> You're it really preaching 20- to the choir here. I always say about exercise and beauty treatments that if it doesn't hurt,
0: how do you know it's working? <laughs> and I feel right. very differently about <laughs> it, which is, yeah. yeah, which is, yeah, which is how we've gotten here. Yeah. Um, well, and that's a big piece of it where,
2: it's, you know, in the world it is difficult to um, tune our mind to things
1: that are subtle mm-hmm. but
2: sometimes those have the biggest impact
1: right absolutely I mean I, I, I as someone who's been a runner for the last 10 years and then had a baby now find myself having to really focus on these like slower subtle exercises and um, you know shift the way that I that I think about exercise so that I don't pee myself for the rest of my life. <laughs>
2: Totally. Exactly. And it's like, I think that's a great example. You're talking about like pelvic floor exercises Mm -hmm. and they have like a massive impact, but just because you don't have um, as much nerve connectivity there, it's hard to have sensation and feel it. So it's like you can be doing actually a massive amount of work, but because your brain is having trouble connecting to the sensation of that, it feels like you're not doing anything, but you actually are doing a lot.
1: To that point, I do. That is a personal challenge that I have, where I'm like, I don't know if I'm doing it right. Um, and you know, that is easy to fix in a one-on-one. But how do you ensure that in a classroom setting that you're getting that sort of attention and that you, that the instructors can make sure that everybody's doing it right?
2: Totally. And there are a couple of strategies we have for this. Number one is we take the the training and education of our teachers very seriously, um, and I think that our instructors are truly excellent in terms of their knowledge of anatomy understanding of how the body works and then also the work with programming that we do with them so that is one aspect of it is just having people who are trained their eye is trained to see your body and understand um, what you're feeling based on the position that your body is in right and that comes from training and practice and then um, the other side of that too is learning that it's, it's, it's iterative. Like you're not going to get it right the first time, but that if we tell you, we give you those cues, sometimes hands-on, sometimes verbal, but how to do it better, get just a touch stronger. And then mm-hmm. the next time you come, you are be able to do it a little bit better and then get a little bit stronger still. And it layers like that. So, you know, it won't It definitely won't be perfect the first time or the second time or the third time, but each of those times it will incrementally improve. Every time you incrementally improve, you build a little bit more strength, and that is how you eventually get there. And body awareness as well.
0: Um, Claire got me a, a private session with you for my birthday this year, which was like one of, you know, one of the greatest gifts. Um, and in just one session, you were able to identify things about my body and my form that, um, I had never, you know, realized and never been able to identify before. Like I have trouble engaging my lower abs. Like I have tight quads. What are you looking for during those sessions? What are you like keeping your eyes peeled for?
2: I would say top line we are looking for good form and good technique, because if you have your pelvis in the right spot, you're going to be a lot more able to engage your glutes or your abs, depending on the position you're in, right? You're going to get more impact out of your exercise, just if all of your bony landmarks are lined up. And that's definitely where we start is talking about those bony landmarks, because that also helps people to create a mental map of their own body um so that they can self-correct and actually something that's brilliant about that is and and I I'm sure that you've had this experience I hope so that you take that out into other parts of your life and you're on the street and you're like oh I'm holding my abs in now or yeah 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 <laughs> or like when you go to pick up something heavy you're like oh I know how to use my you know scapular stabilizers or whatever it is um So, but that's top line. We're looking at those bony landmarks and then we refine from there.
1: What are some of the most common issues that you see with people?
2: I mean, I think common issues are as a society, we have a lot of issues with our low backs because we sit so much. As I said that I stood up, by the way. (laughs) Um, Good work. (laughs) We sit a lot, right? And when you sit your hip flexors get really tight Mm. and your glutes atrophy yeah so sorry to say that (laughs) um which is why one reason we're obsessed with butt work in your pilates right because we're trying to counteract all of that sitting yeah and um the more you strengthen your glutes, you actually assist in lengthening through your hip flexors. So they have a relationship. And then the other thing I see a lot are people's shoulders. And for a really similar reason, people's shoulders are very hunched forward, they're close through their chest. Um, and that is from typing and texting. So mm-hmm. I think there are most of our
1: issues. Check, are check, very check. I have all of those societal, issues. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's how we live our lives.
0: Yeah. Part of how we live. Yeah.
1: What are the other sort of fitness wellness trends that you're excited about right now? Um,
2: you know, I was thinking about this question and I think that what I'm really excited about is, um, sort of a social acceptance that, um, wellness and is just a little bit more complex than taking a pill right yeah and I was thinking about this particularly in terms of um the like the microbiome mm-hmm. and how initially that idea really blew people's minds but as we're getting more and more comfortable with understanding that it's a complex network of different components I feel like that is starting to affect people thinking about other aspects of wellness and that it's not like one thing and a quick fix, but it's actually a balance of multiple things.
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Love
0: that.
1: Thank you so much for coming on. This has been wonderful. Um, We both love your studios and are so excited for everybody to hear more about them. Oh
0: my gosh, everybody go check out Heather's studios. The vibe is good. The playlists are amazing. The teachers are awesome. Like it's, it's everything. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, like Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Leave us reviews, we love them. Follow us at Ofakind on Instagram and Twitter and like our Facebook page. If you have ideas or requests for the show, email them to A few things at of a To advertise on our podcast, that's advertising at of a Our intro music, Butterfield East, is written and performed by the Soulful Saints.